Purpose, a podcast that highlights the unique stories of professionals that pivoted their careers to align with their work lives and personal lives more purposefully and with more joy. Pivot with Purpose is hosted by Megan Hull, a globally accredited career and business coach and creator of the Megan Hull Method. Welcome back to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hull, and in this episode, we talk to Faith Broussard Cade, speaker, author, and humanitarian, using her voice and messages through her very popular Instagram handle, Fleur de Lis Speaks, promoting peace, boundaries, and emotional well-being in both life and relationships. Thank you for listening to Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hull. You can find out more information about each guest, including full transcripts at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com. And if you'd like to share your own Pivot with Purpose, click on the share button and add your story to the conversation. Finally, be sure to subscribe and share your comments wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Your support amplifies our voice. And now, this week's episode. Faith has over 10 years of experience as a professional school and mental health counselor and also worked as a baker and a food blogger before shifting to writing inspirational affirmations on pieces of handmade paper and publishing two guided journals on the transformative power of self-care and self-love. Because You're Worthy, 90 Days of Transformative Self-Love, and Because You Have Purpose, 90 Days of Encouraging Self-Love. Her work on personal healing, wellness, and self-care advocacy has inspired almost over 300,000 people and counting via social media to choose introspection, gratitude, and finding peace in things most take for granted. As a mental health counselor and coach, Faith helps others discover and appreciate that everything they need to step into their power and to create the lives they deserve is already inside themselves. She emphasizes self-exploration, kindness, and compassion as the tools that equip us to live out this necessary truth. Hi, Faith. Welcome to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited. And also, I feel so blessed to have you on this podcast. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to share your story with our listeners. And I have to say, your messages and what you're sharing with the world is so moving and powerful and important to hear, I feel like, more now than ever. And as I was saying before, every Instagram post of yours that pops up in one of your beautiful handwritten notes I feel like you're talking to me. So again, thank you for sharing, yes, your beautiful soul and messages. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited to dive into your story, to get a sense of where your inspiration came from, to really becoming a true advocate for self-love, personal healing, protecting our mental health. So you ready to dive in, Faith? Absolutely. I am. I was born ready. I have to be conscious because we could probably talk for like two days, but we won't, everybody. Don't worry. So, Faith, as there are some wonderful topics to cover that this audience, I know, will get inspired by through our conversations and your insight, to get started, can you tell us a little bit about your story of your early career pivots prior to that major life pivot that happened in January of 2018, which we'll get to, Mm -hmm. but what did that early part of your career look like? Oh, wow. So the early part of my career, I say my first 
career was in school counseling. But probably my senior year in college, I thought I was going to go into journalism and then realized that I don't really like talking a lot on camera or seeing myself a lot on camera or being (laughs) in the foreground Mm -hmm. of anything. So I was like, that's probably not going to work out and decided to pivot at that point even to decide that I wanted to go into a master's counseling program, which I did at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. And once I finished my studies there in a couple of years, I decided to start my work as a school counselor. So I worked as a professional school counselor. Some people may call it a guidance counselor for about nine or 10 years before I made my initial career pivot. Can you tell us more about the events that led to that Mm -hmm. healing journey? I know it's such a beautiful and big part of your story that happened on January 9th, 2018, not to relive it, but I think it's just so much about who you are today. It really is. And it really was the beginning of the unfolding of a beautiful story. It didn't start out very beautiful. I actually was on my way to my job at the time. I was working as a school counselor at an elementary school in Johns Creek, Georgia, which is a suburb of Atlanta. And I was hit from behind by a tractor trailer. And from that motor vehicle accident, I sustained a concussion and a traumatic brain injury, which totally turned my life upside down Mm -hmm. and really put me in a place of having to figure out how I was going to move forward. I didn't know it initially because my symptoms didn't present themselves initially. So at first, you know, you have that normal soreness or whatever that you experience Mm -hmm. in a car accident. But within some weeks, I started to have some memory loss and severe migraines and chronic insomnia. I could go four to five days straight without sleeping, extreme sensitivity to light and sound. And my Mm. stamina was greatly decreased. And so having to really fight for myself and advocate with clinicians to be diagnosed properly, I got to a place where the leave that I had taken from work from the school system was over. And I was pretty much given an ultimatum that I either had to return to work, cleared by my doctors, resign or be terminated. And so I chose to resign. And that was a huge roadblock for me just in my journey toward who I thought I would be. And Mm -hmm. I went to school. I studied for this. I had done it for 10 years. In my mind, my plan was that I was always going to be a school counselor. That's how I was always going to help and impact the world. Mm -hmm. Um. And that changed just in a split second. So I resigned. And at that point, I found myself really, really struggling with anxiety, with some depression, just being in a very dark place because here I am, my job's been taken away from me. I have a a three-year-old, a husband, a house to take care of. I'm in terrible, terrible pain. And yet no one can help me. No one can tell me what's going on. And so I at that point was trying to figure out how do I take care of myself in the midst of all this? Because if I stay in this stuck place, I'll never be able to continue to help people. I'll never be able to even be the mom or the wife that I want to be. We had gone from two incomes to one because I had lost my job. So there was no money or resources for the trendy self-care that most people see on the internet, right? The spa Mm -hmm. days, the mani-pedis, the trips, all that stuff. Like I had to figure out quickly a self-care practice that I could 
sustainably do and consistently do. And that's when I came up with the idea to just write myself a little love note. So I committed to challenging myself to writing love notes to myself for 15 days. I knew if I didn't have anything else, I had paper and I had pens and I did it for 15 days. And once those 15 days were over, I had received such an overwhelming response from people needing those notes and valuing those notes and just affirming that something that I was sharing was resonating with so many people that I was like, well, heck, I can't stop writing these notes now, right? Mm -hmm. I was doing this to heal myself or to facilitate mm-hmm. my own personal healing, but somehow they've resonated with so many people and given other people permission to heal as well. So I got to keep going. And that's kind yeah. of where everything shifted. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. And of cannot even imagine, but the resilience that we have as humans to Mm -hmm. keep going and for you to kind of look inside and say, how can I keep going to heal myself without, like you mentioned, having the exterior opportunities to go out and self-soothe through buying things or retail therapy. (laughs) Not happening. I can't wait to kind of dive in more there. But before we get to a little teaser Mm -hmm. and then we take a quick break, what would you say beyond the obvious has been that toughest part of that healing journey that you went through for you? Oh gosh, the toughest part was redefining my identity. Mm. It was trying to find meaning and trying to find significance in what I was doing when what I had always been doing to feel significant and valued and important was taken away from me. Like, What I had done to contribute to the world was be a school counselor, help Mm -hmm. children with their issues and provide free counseling services in schools. And then when that was taken away, it's like, well, now what am I good for? Now what am I going to do? Now who am I? Now what difference can I make? And redefining that and finding another way to serve, another way to influence the world, that probably was the most difficult piece. I'm sure that's going to hit with so many people listening in Mm -hmm. for various ways that have struggled in so many ways. And so beautiful, it literally gave me chills. I feel (laughs) like for any trauma anyone has been through, and just not talking about 2020, but 2020, like, Mm-hmm. Same, where people's jobs were ripped away from them. No one right. asked for that. And some people working that I work with on the recruiting and coaching side, 15, 25 years in a job, never right. have had to look for a job before. Like, what do I do? Who am I without a job? We are actually a lot of people, okay? So <laughs> we'll get into work not necessarily defining us in that balance. But I feel like up to 2020, it was just that grind, right? right. Like, get out there, do all the things. Thank you for sharing that. That's so powerful. And in the spirit of this podcast, we like to leave a little teaser. So I'm going to ask you a yes or no question, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go to a quick break. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? okay I'm okay. ready. <laughs> so yes or no. Do you remember the moment you started using that pen and voice to create your amazing Instagram handle, Fleur de Lee Speaks? Yes. Well, with that, we will be going to a quick break and we will pick this up when we get back.
Okay, Faith, so before the break, you said yes. Tell us that moment where you brought the fleur-de-lis speaks inspirational quotes to life, and what do you love most about managing this incredibly inspiring platform? So the moment that it happened, actually, I was wearing one of my many hats as a mom, had to leave my job, so I was spending a lot of time at home, supposedly healing But even sometimes when we are given permission to heal and given permission to just sit and be still, we are overwhelmed with guilt about actually Mm -hmm. doing that. So even though I was supposed to be sitting and watching mindless TV and healing my brain, I decided to sign up to be room mom for my daughter's three-year-old preschool class because that's a perfect (laughs) way to rest, right? Perfect, calm moments. (laughs) So it was in May of 2018. I remember the day very clearly. It was raining outside and her preschool class I don't even understand it now, had a field trip to the skating rink. Now, just think about three-year-olds on roller Mm -mm. skates. It's an absolute disaster. But Mm -hmm. I remember driving to the venue. I didn't ride on the bus with the class. I drove in my car and I was literally just sitting in the parking lot watching the rain fall. And it was right there in that moment. I said, I want to be able to be there for my daughter. I want to be able to to volunteer to be room mom. I want to be able to be present and available. And if I don't figure out a way to take care of myself and really heal and get over the mom guilt and about not being everything and doing everything, then I may not heal well enough to continue to be there for her in the capacity that I want to. My doctors had even told me, if you don't rest, if you don't stop going, your brain will not heal. You will never get back to 100% capacity ever. And so I had to choose between, at that point, the facade of being super wife and super mom and doing all the things and the promise of having a future where I could be functional and be available and be present and mindful. And that's the moment that I chose at the time. You'll even see like my first notes were not on that beautiful handmade cotton decal paper that I spend a small fortune on to write those notes. (laughs) It was literally like a piece of paper torn out of a notebook, like lined paper Mm -hmm. torn out of a notebook Mm -hmm. as I was sitting in my car in the rain. I know in one of your TED Talks that I was able to tune into, you share that in that darkest part of your story, the one thing you had was your pen and your voice. Mm -hmm. And the quote at the end that really stood out for me was, use what you have, your gift will always make room for you. That is also so powerful Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And as I talk about sharing our superpowers with the world and how to leverage them in my coaching programs, what was your inspiration behind posting that quote and deeper meaning? It really came out of having so many conversations with so many people. And I Mm -hmm. do see clients privately for mental health coaching and having so many conversations with people who felt as though, and probably still feel as though they need to be doing something bigger. They need to be doing something better. And if they're Mm -hmm. not doing something that is Instagram worthy or social media worthy or something that is popular or applauded, then 
they don't have anything to give, that what they have is not enough. And I know we all struggle with that in some ways, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. We're always Mm -hmm. looking at other people's lives and how perfectly clean their houses are and how perfect their makeup is and all these different things. And we're constantly looking to someone else and something else to validate who we are in the value that we bring to this world or to any type of experience. And so I said that simply because in my darkest space, when I didn't have money and resources all over the place Mm -hmm. to just do all the things that I wanted to do or be out there living it up and having a great social life. I had to use what I already had something very simple, a pen and a paper and my thoughts. That was it. Mm -hmm. And in me being willing to use what I already had, then inspired a whole lot of other people to seek their own personal healing or to start their own personal healing journey. So you don't have to have a whole lot. You don't have to have what she has or what he has or what the internet says you need to have. You only need to use what you already have. And that in and of itself, if you are authentic and transparent and organic in what you share, that will always be good enough. There's always going to be someone who can identify with you the way you are, but people can't identify with who you pretend to be. Yes. And it's just like that, the comparison game and social media is just, it's a wonderful platform, but it also can be a dangerous one. Absolutely. So it's a balance it of looking inside. And I love that so much. And really as someone who has struggled myself with mental health and also personal health lows from 2016 to 2020, I had nine major surgeries oh my in those years. Yes. Yeah, so I know what it's like to be in my lowest lows. And mm-hmm. just like anyone, it would have been so easy for me to give up which is why I feel so connected to your story. And I'm sure many of our listeners tuning in have been through some tough times, but not everyone sees the opportunity in their struggles. And I think really after these past few years too, since the start of pandemic and arguably before 2020, you know, as a whole next level situation, many people experience loss, whether family, friends, finances, and maybe given your self-help journey, self-healing journey and mental health counseling, What advice would you give somebody really struggling right now to find their way back to happiness? Honestly, the first step is admitting that you're not okay. And I think Mm -hmm. so many of us have a difficulty accepting that it's okay not to be okay. There's there's a culture right now of toxic positivity (laughs) where Mm -hmm. you have got to be yay, hooray, cheerleader about everything. Everything's great. Life is great. And although we may want that to be the case, that is not reality, right? That we are all going to go through things. We're going to go through highs, lows, go through times in life when we're just coasting and things are just kind of regular and that's fine and not exciting, but it's okay. We've got to be able to embrace the duality of our lives and our human experiences. And so admitting that, you know, I'm really struggling with being so isolated during this pandemic. 
And Mm -hmm. it has caused me to engage in some probably unhealthy coping mechanisms because eating too many sweets, doing any number of things, shopping too much online, anything Mm -hmm. like that. It's okay to say, I'm not feeling my best. And then from there, once you are honest about something, it opens the door for healing. Like what's hidden cannot heal. I say that all the time. And so once you are open, transparent, honest about whatever it is that you're struggling with, not only do you kind of open the pathways for you personally to heal, But if you're open and honest with someone you trust about what you're dealing with, then that person can help you process through and facilitate that healing journey as well. Sometimes that is a counselor. Sometimes it's a therapist or a psychiatrist. Sometimes it's a mental health coach or a life coach. Sometimes it's just a really good friend that you trust to always have your best interest at heart. But it definitely is starting with personal honesty and responsibility. And then second, seeking out the support that you need and what those resources may look like will be different for different people. Some people may not be able to necessarily afford therapy or counseling, or you can engage in a hobby or something that you're passionate about. I always tell people to go back home in the Mm -hmm. sense of, um, Go back to your most true, authentic self, the the self that you were when you're most happy. Maybe that's when you were a child and you got to play outside all day and didn't have any worries and didn't have to pay bills. Remember those days? Right, right. (laughs) Staying out in the street was like your biggest like issue. Like you better not go in the street. Right. And like wondering whether or not the ice cream truck was going to pass by and get an ice cream that day. But, you know, then maybe that means that you prioritize spending more time outside in nature because that's something Mm -hmm. that brought you happiness. Or maybe you have always liked to draw or paint or color, get some of those adult coloring books and some colored pencils or crayons and just spend some time doing what you enjoy doing and remember to take deep breaths. Right. Breathe. And again, no need to struggle in shame or silence. That's of course. so powerful. Another thing I love most about you and your quotes on Insta is really you hit all these hot button topics around burnout, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. hustle culture, setting boundaries. Oh my God, I love the boundaries. Yes. <laughs> Taking care of your peace, everyone. It's just all things right now that are really front of mind. How do you coach or guide any of your clients experiencing any or all of these things? And what is that detriment if we're not prioritizing these balances. How do I coach them? Always from a place of compassion and empathy. Mm -hmm. I always start with telling my story because I don't want people to look at me and think, oh, your life is perfect. You have this influence, you have this platform, but it came out of the darkest, most detrimental place of my life. And if I can make it through, so can Mm -hmm. you. So it starts with encouraging people to embrace how truly resilient they are and how strong they are. And this is not this difficult time that you're going through right now. It's not the first difficult time that you've been through and it will not be the last. So what helps you grow is 
in the midst of the difficult times, developing skills and practical tools that help you work through those times so that when it comes up again, you already have your little personal toolbox you can refer back to, different things that you can do and activities you can try, people you can reach out to that will help alleviate some of the overwhelm and the burnout that you're feeling. I also coach my clients to set those boundaries because oftentimes we don't have an overwhelm issue or simply a burnout issue. We have an issue with setting proper boundaries with people so we don't get to a place of overwhelm and burnout. But we have issues with saying no. We have huge issues with advocating for ourselves and saying what we really need versus what we don't need. And Mm -hmm. so those issues a lot of time are at the root of the overwhelm and the burnout that we're feeling. And once we address those and once we become confident in exercising that muscle of having those difficult conversations, of declining those invitations that is just going to stretch us beyond our capacity, then slowly but surely it becomes easier and we're able to find ourselves in a place where you know what, I'm not dreading having to go to that book club meeting this weekend because I didn't want to do it in the first place. So I kindly said, no, thank you. I know. Hasn't it so hard over the years of just like committing to and then feeling guilt also for not going, not showing up for your friends, (laughs) all these family parties and events. I would say for myself, as much energy as I have, I'm probably an intro extra, right? So introverted in the fact that if I go to... First of all, I love spending time with myself. I was always that kid um, in oh, the summertime wow. that was like it. riding my bike alone. Faith, we're mm-hmm. like soul sisters, okay? I'm just going to move <laughs> to Atlanta and hang out. That's just the thing now. Sorry, Come on husband, over. I will. I love spending time with myself. I love reading. I love like writing plays, all the things. And being around a lot of people for me, even in my job now with coaching and mm-hmm. working in the luxury fashion industry for so many years and helping millions of clients every day. It, it's draining, right? It, it drains me. Absolutely. It drains my energy. And for those natural extroverts, God bless you. It's amazing, right? We're all different. We bring something different to the universe. Uh-huh. But remember to protect your energies, right? You and do. say no to the things that you don't want to do, everybody. Right, so right. a, a takeaway out of this conversation, just say no. <laughs> just say no. <laughs> I think that just leads to so much from there. Because saying something you don't want to do, I mean, I know those days I've done that where mm-hmm. then you're, mm-hmm. you're mad. You're frustrated. You are. You're You're like, I don't want to be here. You're bitter and you show up to the thing and you're in an attitude. You're not really enjoying yourself. And people can pick up on that energy. I just keep telling myself. And I had this conversation with my husband the other day about everything that we say yes to means that we're saying no to something else. Right. Right. And so everything I say yes to and give a little bit of myself to means that I have less of myself for something else. Also, make sure that the yeses that you are giving are worth the no's that then correspond with them. If I say yes to going to a social event or a girl's brunch my whole Saturday, and then that means I'm saying no to 
being at home, trying to catch up on some rest, maybe reading a book I'd like to dive into, spending time with my family, or maybe even just getting caught up on things around the house, whether that's meal planning or laundry or whatever. And then that means that I have to work like crazy on Sunday to make up for all the things that I didn't get done on Saturday. And then there's no time for me. There's no time for refilling my cup. And I go back into the work week already on fumes. That's no way to start out your week. Right. Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. I mean, such great advice. And thank you for sharing all your amazing insights. And, you know, as I know with your Instagram handle, which we'll obviously link and all of that, you also have a beautiful self-healing journal, a way mm-hmm. someone could work with you uh-huh. behind the scenes and on themselves. So can you talk a little bit more about where people can come and engage with you and purchase your journal and your book and some of your other offerings? Absolutely. So obviously you can find me on um, Instagram and on Facebook. That's where I am primarily at Flirtily Speaks, daily affirmations and book recommendations and sometimes recipes and things like that. Also, my website is www.flirtilyspeaks.com. I'm two guided journals that I've written, which are essentially collections of 90 days worth of my notes, along with space for you to reflect and set your intentions for the day. And I also have my blog is hosted on my website. So long, long ago before Flirtily Speaks was a thing. I was a school counselor, of course, and I had a side business, a baking business called Flirtily Sweets. So... I have never really given up that side of myself. If you're from Louisiana, like I am, you better know how to cook and bake or right. else you get like, you get <laughs> yeah. excommunicated from everything. Right, that's it. You're and out of disowned. the family. Right. Mm-hmm. So I still kind of hold on to that. So I write blogs about a lot of different things, obviously mental health, self-help, self-care type things, but I also do share some of my favorite recipes and things like that on my blog as well. Yeah. I've seen and a peeped and writing down. I love sweets. It's definitely a huge <laughs> thing of mine. I can bake. I can't cook. Again, need to come oh, spend time. Okay. So yes, I know. I would not be excavated like get out of the family. I can make peanut butter and jelly. Yes. <laughs> so we'll link everything up so everyone can find faith, connect. I know on your Insta, you have your beautiful family and a, a new mom to a newborn, right? What? Right. How old? Three, six months? He's, he'll be four months. Four months. Four months. Of February. Oh, so he's three and a half months now. And then Bean, my daughter, is seven, second grade and growing Super so cutie. fast and doing yeah. all the things. So yeah, my family is very, very important to me. So I do try to incorporate them a little bit into my platform just because I want people to know that I'm living the same life that you are. I have a kid always begging me for snacks. I have laundry Mm -hmm. that's like sits in laundry baskets all the time that never gets folded and put away. We're all having the same collective human experience. 
That's probably why so many people just resonate and appreciate it. Faith, honestly, you've made my 2020. That's it. Oh. Like, I can, <laughs> the year can stop now. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I appreciate all that you are and what you're doing for us Thank humans you. who really need to honor and tap into our voices as you never know who you're inspiring behind the scenes, right? So we are so lucky to have you on Pivot with Purpose, and I look forward to seeing what this year brings and how we can continue to stay in touch, to support each other and our network. So much synergy going on here. So everybody check out at Flirtily Speaks on Instagram. Get that self-healing journal. And thank you, Faith, for being with us today. Of course. Thank you so much, Megan. It was my pleasure. It is time for another Megan Hool Method tip of the week. This week, I want to talk about kicking the burnout mentality. Kicking burnout first and foremost is all about setting boundaries. That is clear. As a reformed people pleaser, I know trying to do all the things and make everyone happy will only lead to your demise, trust me on this. I can write an entire book on my downfall as a people pleaser, but we'll save that for another day. Setting boundaries for yourself is all about protecting your energy and only aligning to things that you truly want to be spending your time on not just showing up because you feel like you have to. Have you ever been to a commitment or an event you didn't want to go to but still went anyway? I don't know about you, but I am always bringing some bad vibes and energy to that space while creating unnecessary stress and frustration in my own body. Just say no, people. Setting boundaries for work is all about prioritizing what you need to do each day to balance your workload and communicating effectively with team members or your boss about what is on your plate and asking for support when needed. We all prove we can work from home and still get the job done, which has led us believing and the expectations being set that you are available 24 seven and you can do all the things all the time when it comes to productivity, which is also totally false. My tips for easing through your workday boundaries starts with making a priority list of the must do things for work, what can wait, and trying to stop treating everything like a fire drill. The more proactive you can be and less reactive, the better you will feel at the end of the day. And if something doesn't get done, save it for tomorrow, unless it's critical. And that should have been at the top of your priority list anyway. Lastly, I'm gonna say having a routine helped me so much in balancing all my priorities I have and knowing where I need to go each day. I look forward to scheduling time to go to the gym, to make my own personal appointments, hashtag self-care. So try writing out a new routine for yourself and give yourself something to look forward to. Listen, things come up, I get it. We are humans, we are not perfect, but living a more balanced life you deserve all around by setting boundaries and taking these small steps can really help you live with more joy. Repeat after me, I do not need to crush it every day, I do not need to please everyone, and I do not need to say yes to everything. What I'm able to give every day is enough, I am enough, and I'm worthy of rest without feeling guilty. I hope you found this tip helpful and this message resonating with you. And stay tuned for more Megan Who Method tips this season. Pivot with Purpose with host Megan Hool is a fashion consort production and part of the FC Podcast Network. It is produced and directed by Phil, a.k.a. Corinne. And a special thank you to Spencer Powell for our theme music. Learn more at pivotwithpurposepodcast.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at 
at pivotwithpurpose underscore podcast.